Hey, welcome to the Life Church Green Bay podcast. It's our mission to lead the way in bringing the life-giving message of Jesus to the 920 and beyond. We are so glad that you're here. If this is your first time joining us, would you connect with us? We want to do life with you, and there are so many ways we can do that from wherever you are in the world. You can get connected with us and other Jesus people in one of our Facebook groups by joining us for an online service every Sunday or connecting with people through life groups and pocket churches. To learn how to get connected and find your pocket, please go to lifechurchgreenbay.com. Again, so glad you're here with us today. Here's this week's message. Open your Bibles to the book of Ephesians chapter 4. And if you don't have a traditional Bible and you'd like to use one, we'd love to give you one. In fact, you just raise your hand right now and you say, I'll take it. It'd be a great present to have. And, or just, it's, I think it's the NIV or the ESV, which are great translations. Also, if you, if you don't have a traditional Bible and maybe you use your phone, the YouVersion app is a great app to use. And all of the notes and all the scriptures have already been uploaded for you and they're going to be there for you to see. So I thought it would be great to close out the year by admitting something to you. And my family knows about this. My friends know about this. In fact, some of the people at the exchange know about this. And I just, I don't know, I just kind of wanted to, you know, I know it probably took him off guard and, and maybe you guys are going to be caught off guard a little bit, but I just feel like I need to tell you. So here goes. I love candles. I do. I love them. Like, they're so great. Now, I know, I know some of you guys are like, what? I'm not talking about, like, cupcake candles, okay? Or, like, you know, like, vanilla candles. I'm, like, talking about, like, tobacco or leather or musk or oat or sandalwood. You know, all the manly flavors. I just love them. I love buying candles. I love lighting them. In fact, I wrote this message. I put on a candle. I just love it because I love smells. I love good smells. I should really define that a little more. I love good smells because I think for me, it, it brings good memories. Like for, so when I have like the, the warm tobacco pipe, it, it reminds me of my grandfather who was such a great man. And so I'll remember him and I'll, sometimes I've cried. Like the first time I smelled it, I was like, it smells just like him. It was just, it was a very emotional day. Uh, um, but honestly, I just, I love smells in general. Like when I smell something, it just, you know, good smells. I have to probably preface that again. I don't want you guys to assume that. But the, if, I, if there's something I love smelling, it's new things. Like I love the smell of new books, new comic books. Oh, I would go to the comic book store and go, I was, was probably very weird walking in the store and just doing that. And they were probably like, what is happening? What is going on? I just love the smell of it. New carpet. Oh, it's the best. Just you want to put your face right in it, right? Just, ah, it just was one of the best smells. New car, right? I mean, I know you can disagree with me right now, but we all love new car smell. That's why they have the new car scent. They want you to go, you know what? Hey, you could keep the smell with you forever. And, you know, honestly, and I think new is great. I mean, yesterday we celebrated, you know, Christmas and it's the birth of Jesus and I love it. And we all celebrate, but we also got new things. I'm wearing new stuff. And it's fun to have new, and, and just the way that we treat new, and the way we, we are around new. I mean, it's just something about it, but the way we can, we hold it differently. We treat it with care. We focus on it. We let people touch it. We don't let people touch it. There's something about new that just transfixes us and makes it go, that's great. It's new. And that's what I want to talk about today in a, in a message that I'm calling, I am 
new. Can we pray? So Jesus, I thank you so much, Lord. Lord, for this opportunity to speak your word, Lord, to our church. And Lord, I pray as we close out this year that people would really believe this. That not just believe it, but they'd walk in it, Lord. And that they would be totally transformed by you and you alone. In Jesus' name, amen. So the book of Ephesians, uh, is, it was founded by the Paul and and we've gone through the first three chapters and really the first three chapters have talked about the nature and the origin of Christian, Christian salvation. You know, that it flows through grace and the grace of God. And, and so that's why we get verses like Ephesians 1, 7 says, he is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with his blood of his son and forgave our sins. And Ephesians 2, 8 says, God saved you by his grace when you believe. You can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. So we see throughout there's just there's such great news in the first three chapters of Ephesians. It's talking about how great God's salvation is gifted and it's for everyone. It's not just for some people and it's and it's the wisdom is available for everyone. It's not just for the Jew, not just for the Gentile, but for all people. And salvation is available for everyone. And then there's a shift that happens in chapter four. It's a shift that, that Paul is encouraging people that now that they know that they could be saved, now that they know that they have salvation and they have grace and they have unmerited favor and they have all these things, now Paul is saying, now I need you to walk it out. I need you to take what you learn and what you experience and walk with it. So, in, and that's what he talks about. So in the first portion of chapter four, Paul talks about walking out in unity, that being together as a church and being one. And then he goes to verse 17. And in verse 17, he discusses how, he discusses how we should personally walk out our new life. So I want to jump to chapter, uh, Ephesians chapter four, verse 17, where it says, with the Lord's authority, I say this, live no longer as the Gentiles do, for they are hopelessly confused. Their minds are full of darkness. They've wandered far from the life God gives because they have closed their minds and hardened their hearts against him. They have no sense of shame. They live for lustful pleasure and eagerly practice every kind of impurity. But that isn't what you learned about Christ. Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, Throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. So if you're taking notes, there are a few things that I think Paul's challenged us to walk out in our new life. Because really, what Jesus has done, we are now new we are new believers. We are new creations. We are new. And so, so what he's saying in these chapters and what's so important when it comes down to is how do we walk out that new life? Not just accept it, but walk it through. And here's number one. I am new because my mind is new. Again, in verse 17 and 19, it says, with the Lord's Lord, I say this, live no longer as the Gentiles do. And Gentiles, so I just want to make sure, he was talking to the Gentiles. So it's not like he was talking to the Jews and he said, all right, don't live like them. No, he's talking to Gentiles saying, don't live like that anymore. For they're hopelessly confused. Their minds are full of darkness. They wander far from the life of God that gives them because they close their minds and harden their hearts. They have no sense of shame. They live lustful pleasures and eagerly practice every kind of impurity. So you see, Paul talks about the mind a couple of times because he understood the importance of our mind when it comes to our actions. 
You have to remember and realize that your actions don't just come. You have to think about it. You have to process it before you actually do it. So he's addressing that what we absorb, we will expunge. And that's why it's so important that if we want to have a new mind, that it comes from God. That we need to absorb ourselves with wisdom of God over the wisdom of this world. That's, I love what Joyce Meyer said in her book, The Battlefield of the Mind. It says, I believe many people think they don't have a choice about their thoughts. But you can think on purpose, positive thoughts or negative thoughts. If a negative thought comes into your head, you can cast it down and begin to renew your mind with the word of God. That's why the word of God is so important to have in your life. That's why it's so important to have the Bible with you. That's why, kids, it's so important that you're telling your parents, can we read something? Because when we read God's word, we're absorbing what it says. We're allowing it to be in our lives. We're allowing our mind to be the mind God called us to have, that new mind that's filled with his wisdom and his his love and his power, everything that is God can be in us. But here's a few things you need to remember when it comes to reading God's word. Because I know some of you guys are like, you gotta read the word. And you're like, got it, all right, I'll read it. Yep, I'll read it today, I promise it's gonna happen. But here's some things when you need to understand when it comes to reading God's word. Number one is this, don't read too much. Now, some, some of you guys are like, yeah, thank you, thank you. So. <laughs> and some of you are actually angry with me right now, like not too much. I can't wait till Pastor Sean comes back and he's going to yell at you. No, he won't. But let me explain what I mean. When I first became a believer, I was like, I have to read the Bible. The Bible's big and I have to read it all before I die. And so I was like, I have to read it. So I made this decision. I'm going to read a chapter a day, no exceptions. And some of that was fine. You know, you get through the book of John, it's great. And then you get to Psalms and you get to Psalm 119. You're like, why is this a chapter? This is so long. But understand what I mean by that. When my focus was on how much, not what actually was reading. Like that was the focus. And that's why I mean by don't read too much. Don't get into the mindset of just completing, finishing, checking. I mean, I love the version app. I really, really do. But there's times that it'll say, hey, this is a streak you have. And you love to talk about the streak. Like, have you seen my streak lately? I'm in the hundreds now. I mean, it's like, and you talk about this streak, but sometimes the focus can be on the streak than actually reading the word. And so sometimes you just have to stop and say, okay, I just need to read enough to understand I need to read enough so that I'm actually absorbing the wisdom of God's word. Here's number two when it comes to reading God's word. Don't read too little. Now, don't get me wrong. I love the verse of the day, especially on the YouVersion app. I, they make it nice and pretty and it's a cool picture and, you know, it's got some shading and coloring. I mean, they're going to make them 3D soon. They're like, hey, check out the 3D verse of the day. And you're like, whoa, it's like touching me. So, and I love the verse of the day. Don't get me wrong. But sometimes I need more than just a verse of the day. Sometimes I need to understand the verses that came before the verse of the day, the verses that came after the verse of the day. I mean, the context of the verse of the day, like what does it mean, the history? Who was it written to? Why was it written? Because sometimes as believers, we like to run with little verses that we don't really understand and we offend people and we make people mad and we say, the Bible says this and people go, why? And you go, I don't know, but it says it. And it's like, well, no, no, no. Why does it say it though? What's the history behind it? 
I mean, that's the truth is sometimes people go, I don't like that Bible you read. I've read some verses and I don't like what it says in there. Well, have you read the history behind it? No, but I don't like it. Well, have you, I mean, have you read who was it written to? No, still don't like it. I mean, that's the truth of it. Sometimes we'll read something so surface level and the Bible's not meant to be read surface level. I mean, that's why we're studying Ephesians is we want to give you the history and the context for you to dig deep. I know I just quoted myself right now. You want to get really into it and understand it. So, so again, you can read a verse, but do you understand the verse? And if you don't, read a couple verses before then. Read it in context. And context is understanding what the scripture means as a whole. Here's number three when it comes to reading God's word. Don't be afraid to read something twice. The Bible is never meant to be a book that you just read and you put on a shelf and you go, I read it. The whole thing was great. Yeah, I read it all. No, you're supposed to read it over and over. That's why 1 Timothy 4.12 says that the Bible is living and active. I can tell you this, you'll read a portion of scripture as a new Jesus person, and you're like, I think it means this, and then you'll read that whole scripture maybe just later on in your life and go, whoa, I didn't get that out of that. Whoa. And you'll see that over and over and over again. Don't just say, oh, I've already read John. Well, you read John when you were 12. How about reading it again at 30? Like, oh, no, no, I've already read this. Oh, no, I've, I, I've done the Bible in one year. Or some of you guys are like, I did the Bible in 90 days. Okay, cool. Do it again. Read it again. Understand it, because I'm telling you, there are scriptures that I, that I go, I didn't get that. And now I get it, and I go, oh, I love it. When you read something over and over again, not only will you fall more in love with God's word, you're absorbing God's word. So you got to have God's mind, the new mind he wants you to have, which Paul is talking against in, to, to the Gentiles in Ephesians. Here's why I love what Romans 12:2 says, which was also written by Paul. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn how God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. See, God wants to transform your mind. And he, that's why he gave us his word. And that's why it's so important that we have it in our lives and we're understanding it so that we can absorb his wisdom and expunge it out for this world to see. See, people don't just need to know that you're a Christian. They need to see that you're a Jesus person. They need to experience and go, wow, there is, whoa. I just love what's happening to them because you're new because you have a new mind. Here's number two. I am new because my habits are new. What verse 21 and 22 says in Ephesians 4 says, since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deceit. When I read the scripture, the first word that comes to my head is throw off. Like that phrase, throw off, which actually comes from the Greek word, apoethemi. Apoetheme, I think I'm saying it right, not sure. I don't know if any of you are gonna be like, that's wrong, I don't know. So, but it means to cast off, to lay aside. Here's what I love about that. Throwing off means throw off. You just like, like you ever wanted to throw something as far as you can? I know some of you guys have. You're just like, ah, and you just wanna like just see it go. Like that's what throw off means. That what, that's what cast means. Not like casting in like a fishing pole where you cast and you still have it attached. No, no, you are. Casting off means you throw the fishing pole too. You're just like, go, have fun. 
go. I mean, that's what throw off means. And so the scripture's saying that you, you're completely removing something from your lives. You're taking off that old nature. You're taking off that old way of living and you're saying, that's not me anymore because I am new. So because I am new, I'm throwing off my old, my old habits, my old way of doing things. And that's why we need to have new habits because that's the habits when we allow them in our lives will make us to the person that we are. And the best way to remove bad habits is to replace them with good ones. I know, it just blew your mind. But when it comes to removing habits, we have to ask ourselves this, what are the bad habits in my life? Like think about that right now. What are some bad habits? I mean, some of you guys are like, I got some bad habits. But some of you guys are like, I have some bad habits. So ask yourself, what are some bad habits in life? It could be people, it could be places, it could be things, it could be mindsets. Giving yourself negative mindsets is a bad habit to have. The constantly beating yourself up is a bad habit to have. So ask yourself, what are some bad habits I have? And number two, how can I, what can I replace them with? Attending church is a good habit. I know, I'm really blowing your guys' mind today. You're like, circle that twice. <laughs> Prayer is a good habit. Getting in the Bible is a good habit. Giving and trusting God with your money is a good habit to have. Thinking of others above yourself is a good habit. And I mean, I could go on and on and on, but the truth is, if we're going to have new habits, it should be habits that are life-giving and transformation over something that could take us down a path that we don't want to go down. I am new because my habits are new. My way of living is new. And here's number three. I am new because my nature is new. Verse 23 and 24 says, Instead, let your spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. The word that sticks out for me is the word nature, which, by the way, I can't hear that word nature without singing Human Nature by Michael Jackson. Like, why why? Tell them that it's you. It's a really good song. It's, um, you're, it's now stuck in your head for some of you guys. Like, it's really, it's a great, but anyways, nature comes to my head. And I know you're, you're asking yourself, what's the difference between nature and habits? Habits are what you do. Nature is who you are. In fact, the, the English, uh, English Standard Version says, instead of nature, it says self. So who you are, your identity. And Paul is saying that your identity was created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. Now, righteous means right standing. So truly righteous means you are definitely in right standing with God. That's our nature that he wants us to put on. It says truly righteous and holy. And holy means to be set apart, to be different, to be pure. And I know some of you guys are going, whoa, that's not me. I'm not that person. I'm not truly righteous. I'm not holy. I'm, I'm far from that. But the focus shouldn't be on doing, because sometimes when we go, you need to do this, you're like, okay, I'll do it. I'm going to start doing it. I'm going to start being that person. It shouldn't be doing, it should be surrendering. Meaning, if you right now, if I say God says you're truly righteous and holy, and you're going, that's not me, then you need to surrender to God and claim what God's called you to be. You know what I love about worship? It's not just singing songs. It's claiming. In fact, every song, I saw there was points where we claimed it. I am who you say I am. I am chosen, not forsaken. 
And then it says, I won't be afraid. There's another song. I won't be afraid. You are claiming it. And if you don't believe it, you need to surrender and say, God, I want to believe that. Another song said, I am healed. Which some of you guys who are not walking in healing need to remind yourselves, I am healed. And that's why you guys understand the posture of worship is so important. Why? Because when you lift your hands, it's a sign of surrender. But think about this posture right here. I was talking about this in Callus a couple uh, months ago. That this posture is saying, I'm removing myself from the control I have. Think about it in a, in a uh, stick em up situation. Please go, that's freeze. They do that because they want you, let me see your hands, because they wanna make sure your hands are nowhere near control. So when you worship, you're saying, God, I'm removing control and I'm surrendering all to you. And I'm gonna take the words I see on the screen and I'm going to walk in it. I am chosen. I'm not forsaken. I am who you say I am. You don't just sing it, you believe it. And for some of you are like, oh, I hate singing. Then don't sing, claim it. I, I, my dad is, is not a singer, he's a claimer. This is what I mean. He sings like this. I am chosen, not forced. I'm not making fun of him. I mean, he can't sing. I'm, that's what I'm saying. He, my dad can't sing. He knows that though. He's not like, he's not like, he embarrassed me. Like, it's, but he knows how important worship is. So if he can't sing it, he'll just claim it. I am who you say I am. He's that guy. doesn't matter. I don't have a tune in my voice. He, but he claims it. And he worships Jesus because of it. I am healed. I am restored. I am truly righteous. I am holy. That is my new nature. It's not what I earned. It's not what I got. God gave it to me. He said, because of your grace, because of your mercy, I am new. And I get to walk in my newness. Let me close with this. I'm so thankful that Pastor Sean and Sonny have given me the opportunity to close out this year because I believe some of you need to go into this new year with a stance that I am new, that my mind is new, that my habits are new, that my nature is new. And I'm not gonna allow any part of my old mindset, my old habits, my old identity to come into 2022 with me. I am who you say I am. I am new. Can we pray? So salvation is accepting that Jesus came, lived a sinless life, died for our sins, rose again, and he wants to be in your life. He wants to be the bridge between you and God so that everything that God is and everything God has for you is available because of the sacrifice that Jesus made. So with everyone's head bowed and eyes closed, I just wanna do one of two things. We're gonna do a couple of things here. First, if you're, you're, maybe you're in here and you're saying, you know what, I'm, not, I, I, I'm a Jesus believer, but I don't know if I've fully given Jesus my, like my life. I don't know if I've made him my Lord and my savior. Uh, Lord, meaning you know, that I'm giving him control and savior, meaning I'm accepting the gift of salvation. I am giving him all of my sins, past, present, and future. And I'm gonna, so I'm gonna ask you to do one or two things. We're gonna have you slip up your hand. And then as a church, we're gonna say a prayer together. So if that's you, you're saying, you know what? I'm not, but I wanna be. I want Jesus to be in my life. I wanna start this year new. If that's you, just have you lift your hand real quick. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. 
Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Have I missed anyone? Thank you. You know what's great being about a kid's pastor? I see hundreds of hands every week. I try to talk them out of it. Like, you've already given your life to Jesus. So like, I just want to do it again. I think they understand the joy of salvation. And I think that's why they're like, I want it. Church, can we say this prayer together? Say, dear God, I believe you sent your son Jesus to die on the cross for me. I'm a sinner and I'm sorry. Jesus, I give you my life. Be my Lord and my very best friend. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. That's a prayer I do with kids every week. You're like, best friend? Yeah, it's me. You're give, you're, with best friends, you just, you're doing everything together. And so you guys got the kind of glimpse of that. And so here's what I love. <clears throat> if you made that decision, this is just like step one. You are new, but you need to walk in the newness that we just talked about. And we want to help with that. And so in fact, if you could scan the QR code, you could do it on the screen, you could do it in the seat in front of you, and then just check the box that's saying that you want you gave your life to Jesus. We want to help you on your Jesus journey. We want to help you with the next steps. Which what are those? Well, one is getting a Bible. We just talked about it. Your mind is new when you bring God's word into it. So make it something that you're constantly doing. If you want a Bible, we'll give you a Bible. In fact, if you grab the Bible, keep the Bible. We want that to be in your life and it's something you're doing on a daily basis. Where should I start? I mean, you just gave your life to Jesus. Start with the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. If you're new to reading, try Mark. It's the shortest one. So just get in it. And again, read as much as you can to understand. Some of you guys may read a whole chapter and I'm, that's not bad. I'm not trying to, I don't want you guys to go home and I'm like, I read a chapter. I didn't mean to, it was an accident. No, it's fine as long as you are absorbing his word. Another thing is you gotta start praying. And here's the great thing about prayer. Prayer is not like, God doesn't need your like these and thous. He doesn't need that. Like, huh, I did not hear any of that because there was not enough thous in it. No, he just wants you to talk to him like I'm talking to you. But he wants to be consistent he wants you to be real and honest. And honestly, another, the, the next thing is you just got to find a church. Now, if, if you didn't like today, I want to say a couple things. One, I'm not your pastor. I'm your kid's pastor. Your pastor will be here next week. So I'd love for you to give us another chance. But if, even if that, you're like, it's not the church for me, we get that. We understand at Life Church, we're a church for anybody, but we know we're not a church for everybody. But that shouldn't be the reason you stop going to church. Just because you went to a bad restaurant doesn't mean you stop eating. Like you still need to find a church that works. And if we're not the church, trust me, we're not the only church. There's a lot of churches in Green Bay, but you gotta find what works for you and your family. Can I pray with you one more time? Maybe you're here and you're saying, you know, I am a Jesus person, but I'm not walking out in who he says I am. Like, and I want to walk in that new mind and those new habits and a new nature. If that's you, can I just lift your hand real quick so I can pray with you? So Jesus, I pray for these hands. I pray for these hands where people are going, man, I've been a believer so long that it just feels old. But Lord, you've, you've renewed us. We are new in you. So Lord, I pray that we would do that, Lord. That we surrender all the old and accept all that's new from you, Lord. Lord, be with us. Watch over us in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, thanks for joining us this week. Did you know we have discussion questions for each message? You can download them and talk it over with your friends and family. Go to lifechurchgreenbay.com to download today.